And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 329. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois, and the week of the autumnal equinox. So fall is finally officially here, though, you know, you're hearing this a little bit later than I'm recording it. But hey, yeah, temperatures are a little bit cooler. We've had a beautiful weekend for going outside and doing stuff. This is the time of year when I actually feel like being more active, the, the, the hot weather is mostly done and now I can get out and actually start running around until it starts getting cold. Yeah, and even after it starts getting cold, I'm still going to be wanting to run around. But that you know, that's the way it works with me. I hate hot weather, love the cooler weather, and that's why I go to places like Iceland for vacation. So anyway, uh, so welcome along everybody and we are continuing on we got a couple of issues left in this story arc for the uh, Girl Thor series, so let's just move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder the god of Indeed, and this week we're looking at the Mighty Thor number 11. Cover art is by Russell Dowderman and Matthew Wilson. Shows Thor and Jane Foster rushing into battle together. Yes, um, bullets whizzing by and and bouncing off of of Mjolnir. And yeah, um, it's obviously something that never actually happens in the book. But yeah, a dynamic cover nonetheless. And it's one that gets us... Kind of a, a clue as to what's going to be going on inside. Uh, we open up to the credits page where we have the credits, of course. Jason Aaron was the writer. Russell Dodderman did the art. Matthew Wilson did the colors. VCs Joe Sabino did the lettering and production. Pascal Ferry and Frank Darmata did the, the variant covers. Uh, I guess uh, there were two variant covers because Mike McCone and Chris Sotomayor did another one. Charles Beecham was the assistant editor. Will Moss is the editor. Tom Revort is the executive editor. Axel Alonzo is the editor-in-chief. Joe Casada was the chief creative officer. Dan Buckley was the publisher. And Alan Fine was the executive producer. Thor was created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. And, of course, we have the summary of the story. After revealing his plan to take the resources of all ten realms for himself, Roxxon CEO Dario Agar was kidnapped by his business rivals, Silver Samurai and Exterminatrix. The kidnapping party is determined to rob Roxxon Island, but Agar triggers a protocol to smash his headquarters into the city below. Attempting to apprehend Agar, Thor ends up shot with a Midas bullet. As the poisonous bullet takes effect, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents try to arrest Thor, suspecting that she is secretly Jane Foster. Though Agent Roz Solomon protests, S.H.I.E.L.D. will not be deterred until Thor's doctor arrives, none other than Jane Foster herself. The name of the story is Thor's best friend. 
And we start out with the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents uh, being aghast by the fact that Jane Foster has just walked out of the Rainbow Bridge. They're like, what? How? That's impossible. Our investigation, all the evidence, everything pointed to, to Jane Foster being Thor. That's about the dumbest idea I've heard all day, says Jane Foster. Heimdall alerted me to what was happening here, and I came at once. Now everyone, stand back. I have to remove the irradiated bullet that's killing Thor. And uh, she kneels down next to Thor, and we see uh, the bloody footprints uh, Dario Agar left last issue. It's a good, good attention to detail on the part of the colorist here. Thor's looking up at Jane, and, and she's turning to gold. And she says, uh, How? How is this? No time. Can't hold this for long. You're a doctor. You know how to save you. Think it, and I'll know it too. Just hurry. And the shield agents are like, So we were wrong, but we've never been wrong. It doesn't matter. Everyone's still under arrest. Up against the wall. All of... And uh, Silver Samurai interrupts this, and he blasts the shield agents. He says, Idiots. I'm a CEO with a super suit. What part of that sounds arrestable? And Exterminatrix is like, I believe our work here is just about done, Silver Samurai. Let's pillage that vault and leave these good people to enjoy their agar imperative in peace. Fine by me. I've got a tennis match in 45 minutes against the Prime Minister of Madrapur. And we see they're fighting the shield agents and uh, the, the Minotaur is also there and he looks like he's swatting Raz Solomon aside. And he's really trying to get at, uh, at Ubli at Midas here. She, he's like, Exterminatrix, you're not going anywhere, woman. I'm not done with you yet. And he is faced down with a gun by, by Roz Solomon. So apparently he's not bulletproof. And Roz is saying, I'm not done with any of you. But first things first, Agar, we've got to stop this island of yours from wiping out all of... Countdown complete. Agar imperative activated, says the computer. Oh, hell, says Roz. Thrust disabled. And the, uh, the, 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 see the jet engines on the island fall, turning off and it starts to tilt and fall towards the city. Beginning descent, says the computer. Agar, stop being a monster for five seconds. You're the only one who can stop this. Agar! And everybody is uh, kind of falling and in, in a weightless form. And um, everyone looks like they're panicking, uh, except for Thor and whoever this Jane Foster is, um, because uh, Jane Foster is saying, the bullet appears to have grown legs and is burrowing into your wrist. Midas, Midas builds weird bullets, says Thor. Just help me remove it, says Jane. And Thor is saying, uh, those are my instruments. They are Dr. Foster's instruments. Then they're Asgardian forged. They can pierce my skin. You'll have to cut it out. But it's up against my ulnar artery. Whatever you do, don't slice that. I can be precise when I need to be. I can see through your eyes. How can I focus, Thor? For both of our sakes, says Jane. And they're all falling. And uh, it looks like Ross has grabbed onto one of uh, Dario Agar's big old minotaur horns. And uh, she's saying... Look at me, you stupid bullheaded bastard. We're all going to die unless you stop this. And he's, he grabs her by, by the neck and he's like snorting like, like a bull. And he's kind of grabbing himself against the wall trying to stabilize himself. And Roz is like, 
uh, you tell me, Dario, are you a man or just a mindless minotaur? And Agar's like, huh, I'm both. Voice confirmation, Dario Agar. Cancel the Ago Impet. And he is interrupted by Zzzzt. And uh, yeah, so he's been zapped by some kind of a zapper. And turns out to be the shield agents who've uh, blasted him. And we get a shot here that looks almost like a shot of, of Minotaur Wiener. Um, so that's the closest they've come to that. Anyway, uh, the, the uh, shield agents have magnetized themselves to the floor. And they're saying, we came prepared to take down Thor. You think we can't handle a lousy cowman? Ball. Whatever. You shot him? No, he was just about to. You're welcome for saving your life, Solomon. Now let's get to the helicarrier. You idiot, says Roz. All of New York is going to die because of you. I don't think so. That really don't sound like us. The silver samurai comes flying out to uh, grab the exterminatrix, and he says, Looks like we'd better skip the vault, my dear Miss Midas. That's all right, Shingen. It'll be enough of a reward watching Roxxon go down in flames, along with all of New York City. Well, yeah, that too, I guess. And uh, they're just kind of being bashed against the walls as the, as the island falls with a gag and an oog. And Thor is uh, sufficiently recovered at this point. Uh, something has happened. Something has gone right. And uh, she says, Get everyone off the island, Agent Solomon. No one here dies today, except perhaps these two. Uh, I was talking about uh, the exterminatrix and Silver Samurai. You know what? Maybe we don't have to leave just yet, says Silver Samurai. And maybe I wouldn't mind being a Thor villain after all. The next golden bullet goes between your eyes, pretty princess. And it looks like she's stiletto-heeled herself to the ceiling uh, so she can uh, shoot uh, while, while being stable. Roz is kind of rushing towards Jane Foster, who's standing there, and she's saying, I did it! I removed the bullet! I should probably go back, too! And Solomon is like, Agent Solomon, the helicarrier, send all cars, now! And they're watching the island fall, and there's a bunch of cars coming off of, uh, of the helicarrier. And Roz grabs uh, Jane by, by the arm, and she's like, Wait, I... Get in the car, Dr. Foster. But what should I do with the... Oh. And it's, she's, she's holding the, uh, the, the bullet with the legs on it. They're like, uh, move. And she drops the bullet into the, uh, onto the floor, and it hits a... Uh, looks like a plaque that uh, Dario Agger, and it bounces off. We can see that the plaque is turning to gold. And it hits the floor, and so all of Roxanne Island starts to turn to gold. Somebody says, Roxanne Island is turning to gold. And we get like a double-page spread of a, a bunch of things that are kind of happening simultaneously, so it's kind of hard to read. But anyway, um, Solomon and, and some of the others are now standing on the helicarrier, and she's saying, uh, some blood that Midas had. Gold is nice and soft. We hit it with all our missiles at once. We could still maybe blast it apart in time. Roz to Thor, get clear of the island. Thor, come in. And, and Thor is fighting uh, the exterminatrix and the silver samurai, so she's not answering. The two shield agents are here. I still can't believe we were wrong. I was so sure it was her. It made a lot of sense, though, when I look at her now. Right, how could have we have been so stupid? A puny little thing like that? Jane Foster is no goddess of thunder. And Roz is like, Thor, she's not answering. 
Dr. Foster, is there any way you can... Dr. Foster? And Dr. Foster is gone. Uh, we then see Mjolnir, and Mjolnir is kind of hurling itself towards the, the island. And we see going in, and there's a giant crack. Koob! And we see the uh, Exterminatrix and Silver Samurai being basically busted off the island. You're kind of booted out of the, the island. And Thor is flying here with her hammer. And she uh, just flies upward, and she hits the island right as it hits the top of the Empire State Building and the, uh, the radio tower at the top of the Empire State Building is kind of buckling and Thor is like, and is trying to um, push it upward and Roz is over the radio. Thor, oh my God, way to cut it close. Are you certain the entire island has been evacuated, Agent Solomon? Our scans show no life signs at all. Good. And as this is happening, she is lifting all of rocks on island. Basically, it looks like she's hurling it into the sun. It's not exactly clear just because, you know, it's, it's like two panels. We don't really have a lot of transition. But it's a full page here of Thor throwing uh, the island into the sun, apparently. And then we see an image of just uh, Thor floating in uh, midair with, with the hammer floating in front of her. A voiceover saying, I believe someone has some explaining to do, don't they, Dario? And we cut back to Earth and we have uh, you know, Dario Agger in human form, wearing a pair of pants with the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on the, on the butt. And there's other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and police around and they're clearly on the ground now. I've never heard of any Agger imperative. The engines must have been knocked out when Roxxon Island was ruthlessly attacked by Midas and Harada. I'm the real victim here, says Agger. Right, tell it to the judge. I don't have to, says Agar. That's what they're for. And a, a lawyer woman just kind of comes clip-clopping into frame. She says, We're the Roxxon legal team. We'll need a list of everyone's names. We're suing you all. And another lawyer is like, We're also suing the Midas Foundation in Yoshida Industries and the maker of the engines on Roxxon Island. And one, uh, one lawyer is like, it was a Roxxon subsidiary who made the engines. We'll sell the company, then sue it, says another lawyer. So we get this little ballet of lawyers going on. And uh, we have Shingen Harada, and he's back in his uh, street clothes. And he's kind of laughing at what's going on. And he's saying, uh, I've got way more lawyers than you, Agar, and mine are ninjas. And uh, we have uh, Ubliet Midas, and she's removed her mask so we can actually see uh, her face. Uh, she looks like a pretty ordinary young woman with, with uh, red hair. So the hair is real, uh, and the gimp mask was just covering up her, her face. But anyway, she says, I've been to jail before. doesn't tend to stick. And after today, I'll still be richer than you when I get out, Dario. If you get out, says Dario, I'll make sure the shank that kills you is dipped in gold. And we get a close-up of, of Dario looking all angry, and his eyes are glowing a little bit. And uh, Harada says, you should have shared your toys, Dario. Your deal with Malekith opening up the other realms as potential markets. You shouldn't have been so greedy. What do you know about Malekith, Harada? Or me, for that matter? You think you've hurt me? If so, that only makes him stronger, which means all you've really done today is doom us all. And the radio report comes out over... Breaking news, just moments ago, Roxxon's stock began a drastic tumble amid reports that 
Can we turn that radio off, says Agar. And we shift scenes slightly, and we have the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents uh, approaching Thor and Jane Foster, and uh, they're apologetic here, what's going on. So, you really do have cancer? Yes, I, I really am dying. Then on behalf of S.H.I.E.L.D., we truly are sorry for everything we've put you through, Miss uh, Doctor. What about the text, the dirty text between you and Sam Wilson? Is Captain America really sleeping with a cancer patient? That's enough, says Roz. You don't have to explain anything to them, Doc. Lady Jane, we should get you back to... I have a long history with the Avengers as a doctor, says Dr. Foster. And as for any personal relationship I may have had with Sam Wilson, or anyone else for that matter, that's officially none of your bilge-sniping business. <laughs> and uh, Roz is thinking to herself, bilge-sniping? <laughs> and she says out loud, all right, we're done here, people. You two, get the hell out of my sight, hopefully forever. And she sends the two uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents away. And uh, they're talking amongst themselves. Director Hill is going to kill us for this. Not if we redeem ourselves first. I got a hunch. I think Daredevil might be a blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen. We are really terrible at this job, you know that? I'll help you file a formal complaint whenever you're ready, Dr. Foster, says, says Roz. Jane, I believe she once told you to call her Jane. Yes, I did, but perhaps it is time for me to get back to Asgardia. I can feel my cancer becoming irritable. Yeah, of course, Jane. In your condition, you've got to... No, not yet, says Thor, and she's grabbed uh, Jane by the arm. Thor, what are you... I want her to know the truth. I wouldn't mind knowing some myself. And we get a close-up of Jane, and she's kind of smiling here. And she begins to transform as, as she speaks. And she says, Very well. It took a tremendous amount of power to make it happen today. I don't know that we could do it again, not without a century or so of rest. If this is how you wish the day to end, then so be it, Thor. Truth be told, I would expect no less of you. And she's glowing, and there's lots of little, like, like lightning tendrils kind of flashing around her and she says your heart is stronger than even your thunder my lady that's what makes you worthy that's why i chose you and she transforms and she is the hammer interesting and she's glowing the text says whosoever holds this hammer if she be worthy shall possess the power of thor and it's just kind of floating there in midair uh, in front of Roz and uh, Thor. And uh, Roz says, Holy crapping cow! Now do you see the truth, Agent Solomon? Says Thor. The truth is that Jane Foster is secretly Thor's hammer? No, Roz. And uh, Thor begins to transform, and Roz is like, Oh God, don't tell me you're a hammer too. Jane Foster is not a hammer. Jane Foster is Thor. And she has changed back to Jane Foster. And Roz is looking all wide-eyed and surprised by this. Is me. I mean, I'm Jane, but I'm also... Okay, I got it. Just everyone, please stop changing into other things for a second. Why? Why would you tell me this? After everything you just went through, or rather that your hammer there went through to protect your secret. I have been on the other side of this equation. I love Donald Blake like no man I'd ever known. 
and I knew that he loved me. But for far too long, what I didn't know was that he had a secret. Donald Blake was the mighty Thor. When I found out, I felt like such a fool. You've been a true ally to me, Roz. I didn't want to repay you by lying. I, wow, I promise your secret is safe with, I mean, I don't even talk in my, and if I did, I tend to sleep alone as opposed to, well, I don't get out much, I guess, is what I'm trying to. Thank you, Jane. Thank you for trusting me. But how are you even able to do this when you're dying of, I mean, when you're battling cancer? That's a subject for another day. Perhaps over coffee sometime. Okay, but I'm buying. I got shot with a golden bullet today. So that hammer, remember when it was, you know, talking to us a minute ago. Does that mean that it's alive? That is a very good question. I'd very much like an answer to that, my... And she grabs the hammer. She kind of uh, fondles the handle of the hammer, and she begins to change, and there's a giant crook doom. And uh, both of them are gone. Thor and Jane both. Roz is kind of thrown back on her butt. Roz is left all alone here on a, like a dock. And she says, Jane? Thor? Um, hammer? Hello? Where'd everybody go? Next issue. The Untold Origin of Mjolnir. And that is The Mighty Thor number 11. And we'll be talking about this right after this message. Space. The Final Frontier. These are the recordings of the podcast Gimme That Star Trek. It's ongoing mission to explore all of Star Trek. To seek out new guests and new opinions to boldly go where many have gone before. Give me that Star Trek. A new episode every month, only at fireandwaterpodcast.com and on iTunes. So remember all those nice things I said about Jason Aaron last issue? <laughs> uh, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this. We'll try to get to all the major points here. But uh, by and large, this was still an enjoyable issue. Unfortunately, it's also a very scattered issue, which makes it difficult to read out loud and make, have it make sense. So I, I do apologize for the scatteredness of my reading. But that's kind of the way the comic reads. And, and it is hard to uh, to keep everything straight while... Basically, everything is, is falling all at the same time. There's a lot of dialogue going on at once. There's lots going on that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, uh, again, we've kind of got a, a f- sort of definitive ending here to the story. We've got kind of an epilogue coming next issue, and we're going to cover that issue next time. But uh, that'll be it for Girl Thor for a while. But um, yeah, uh, Jason Aaron has kind of decided he can do whatever the hell he wants, regardless of canon. Now, I'm not the strictest person in the world when it comes to, to the canon of, of the mythos, but having Mjolnir be a semi-sentient, shape-changing thing, to me, makes absolutely no sense. This is one of those harebrained Jason Aaron ideas that I don't think is good. Um, it, it's kind of like turning Alfheim into Candyland. It's, it's just one of those things that just rubs me so the wrong way that it really reeks to me of, of lazy writing. And, and that's kind of how I'm thinking about this. 
they had to wrap up the story in, in an issue, and it got them there, but at what cost? I, th I think that it's just not a great story, uh, and it doesn't make sense, certainly as far as past Thor mythos has gone. Again, I, I, one of the things I keep coming back to, and I, I've talked about it in, in, in reference to the Marvel movies and also the DC movies, is that you have to respect the source material that you're working from. And I don't think that this is a situation where he really has respected the source material. This just kind of is a, is a literal deus ex machina. It's coming out of nowhere. And that's the kind of storytelling that I'm not crazy about. Um, unless it's really, really well told. And this is just kind of well told. So, yeah. Um, Midas's bullets. How does that work? Uh, they hit you, you turn to gold, or you start turning to gold. But it takes a little bit of time to happen. Uh, the bullet crawls into you using little legs. This doesn't make any sense. This makes no sense whatsoever. I thought the whole idea was that these bullets had a frozen drop of Midas's blood in them. When they impact against you, the blood is released. Anything that Midas touches turns to gold. Uh, being able to get the bullet out of her should not have had any effect at all. Uh, it should have just been you know, the blood of Midas turning her into gold. Again, I think it's a bad explanation for, for something that you know, made for a good cliffhanger, but the explanation of how it's been resolved is, is not good. Plus, once you've changed to gold, why does it change back? That doesn't make any sense either. I mean, it didn't happen with uh, Roxanne Island after it gets pitched into the sun. So, you know, so what the hell is going on here? I just don't, I don't like it, don't get it. Uh, again, I, I think it's, uh, you know, a lack of respect from the material that they're drawing from. They had to have a way to have Jane slash Mjolnir save Thor in front of everybody. And this is how he chose to do it. Okay, he must have been desperate for an ending is all I can say. Um, now, despite that, the artwork is pretty good. I, again, Once again, Russell Dodderman has grown on me, certainly, since I started seeing his stuff. Um, you know, he's gotten better as time has gone on. He's got a great sense of composition. This issue, maybe not as strong as some of the other ones, but it does definitely come across in the artwork that, that Roxanne Island is falling and we've got people in free fall and, and all this, it'd be very predictable. I do like the way that, that Downerman has portrayed this entire situation. Uh, I think he's done a, a really good job overall in the series. And again, you know, I, I think he's a, definitely an artist that, that I'd like to see in other things too, but glad to be looking at his stuff on Thor because I think uh, he definitely has a real passion for this. He's got a knack for portraying these uh, mythological worlds in a, in a very interesting way, even if he's given some kind of, yeah, some dreck to deal with. But yeah, like the artwork, like the inking, like the coloring, everything looks really good here. And I really just find that the, the weakness of the issue, more or less, is the storytelling and, and the, the plot contrivances that turned what was turning into a really interesting story into kind of a slog and, and it, it just not a good ending to this. Um, I just hope that this isn't something that, that we're going to have to get used to is having a, a really interesting buildup and then having it be a kind of, oh, kind of weird twist ending that doesn't make any sense. So I'm just kind of hoping that the rest of the Thor series isn't like that. So like I said, we're covering issue 12 next week and then that'll be it for Girl Thor for the next little while as we go and move on to something else. Anyhow, uh, that's about 
it for this week, folks. Uh, once again, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And if you want to join us over on the Facebook group, please do so. Just look for Radio Free Asgard over on Facebook, and you're going to find us. And with that, I'm back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.